0: Hey, it's Michaela. You might notice uh, that I sound different and that there may be some background noise. I am recording today, coming to you live from Panera, because I live in the middle of nowhere in Connecticut, so as much as you can live in the middle of nowhere there, and we lost power this morning in a windstorm, so um, that's where we're at. I'm at Panera, and I'm talking into my computer with people around me anyway, I hope you are able to uh, hear this. Okay. And this is just what we do, right? We adjust and we pivot and we get the job done. So today, uh, actually our podcast is my commentary. It's a recap of season two. So we've come to the conclusion of season two. And before I get into the recap, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, I've noticed lately in the last, especially a couple of weeks, my mind, my my head, my heart has been just kind of heavy. I feel like maybe we can say that a lot, but the reason is that the crisis in Ukraine, the war in Ukraine has really been weighing on me. And I, I only say that because I really don't see an opportunity for teachers to be talking about that for educators, for principals. Probably just because we're in there every day getting the job done and we don't want to talk about it in front of kids. High school teachers probably are talking about it more, but I know that a bunch of second graders started to, or third graders started to cry the other day when somebody mentioned it. So I don't have all the answers on how to talk to kids. I've been looking for resources about this, but... um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard for us, too, when we carry the emotions of all of the kids in our classes or the staff in our buildings in our hearts and our heads on our shoulders. And so I figured I would just say it because if you're listening and nobody has said it or acknowledged it to you, I'm feeling that way. And it's been really difficult to get that out of my head. So that's where we are I'm wearing my sunflower bangle that I ordered from Luca and Danny, uh, half the proceeds actually go to, uh, helping Ukraine. So I'll actually link that right in the episode notes because the owner of that company is actually a friend of mine. So I'll do that. This isn't an ad, just, I'm proud to wear my sunflower bangle. (laughs) Um, all right. So let's get into the episode. So if you're just joining us or this is The first time you're listening to the podcast, or you just started listening within the last few months, you joined us in season two. Season two was pretty long, it was about four months because we had 17 episodes. And I'm going to recap for you where we started. So, season one began in July 2021. That was when the podcast was born. And in that time, we didn't think we were coming back to school in a pandemic. So, 2021 focused on, Hey, it's summer. What can teachers do to keep themselves from burning out as we are in the summer, head into a new school year and by, and it was a great season, great guests, great, great discussions on burnout and all of the self care things that, that, that we can do as educators. But by October, it was pretty clear that teachers could not manage this alone. And while this has always been true and while good leadership has always been important, The last two years have really shown us that leadership usually makes the critical difference in whether teachers and school leaders stay in their roles. So therefore, the focus for season two of the Dissected podcast was the leadership that's needed to keep teachers and leaders in their roles and feeling effective in their roles. So here are the five lessons that we learned from season two of dissected hopefully there were more but we'll we'll boil it down to five so number one the teachers I spoke with identified the specific challenges schooling during the pandemic has created so there have always been challenges in teaching of course it's, it's not a, it's, it's not an easy job but it's a fulfilling job and it's worth it During the pandemic, especially this year with the full return to in-person learning, we started to hear a lot of generalized terms of, we're not okay, we need help, we need support, but I thought it was important to identify what specifically the challenges were and what was needed. So while teaching had been getting harder, many reported it feeling almost unbearable over the past year. And many of the teachers I spoke to reported that either they or a close colleague had considered leaving the profession altogether. And this has recently been referred to as a teacher shortage or a teacher exodus. It's important to pay attention to that. I know that we can get caught up in scary terminology, but this is not, this is a real thing. And it was real before the pandemic. So I don't want anybody to think that this was not real prior to the pandemic, Because it was. This was already happening. So the pandemic and especially the challenges of this year have made it harder. And we need to pay attention to that. Number two. Second lesson. There are leaders, superintendents and principals, who are doing a fantastic job leading through this pandemic. And that has made an enormous difference to their staff. It doesn't make the stress go away. So I don't want you to think that just because there's an effective leader means that there's no more stress, no more pressure, and everybody just feels great. That's not not the case. But knowing that somebody actually cares and will do everything they can to protect their staff, it makes it more bearable. And in fact, it can actually serve as a motivator for staff who might be having a tough day or a tough week or going through a hard time. When you have a teacher, I'm sorry, when you have a leader who you know cares and you know is doing everything they can do to make the day-to-day manageable it inspires teachers to to stay third lesson the leaders who are leading effectively are empathetic leaders they lead and just so you know if you're an empathetic leader cuz i am also an empathetic leader they're struggling too because they're t- feeling the all of the stress and pressure and burnout that their teachers are feeling, that their assistant principals are feeling, and that's hard, and that their kids are feeling, sorry, students. So the leaders who are leading effectively are empathetic leaders, and if maybe they're not as empathetic, they're asking questions to understand. They lead with intentionality. So they constantly check in with their staff and look for ways to make their day-to-day easier these leaders have not abandoned though this is very very important contrary to what a lot of sup- i should say educational leaders I, i'm going to say at the district level and at the especially national education thought leaders for whatever reason will give us the misinformation or misrepresentation that empathetic leaders who care about their staff in take measures to make sure their staff are supported and okay. don't also have high expectations for students. And that couldn't be further from the truth. The leaders who are taking care of their staff, maybe some have abandoned high expectations, but not the ones I've talked to and none of the ones I've met. And I've been in education for 17 years. I've been a leader in education for almost 10 So these leaders have not abandoned having high expectations for their students. They simply understand that teachers are in the most important role and their well-being is critical to everybody's success. It's essentially as simple as the golden rules. We need to treat others as we want to be treated. Simple as that. And it should be really easy. I actually have a lot of podcast episodes in this season on that. So if that's something that you want to learn more about, go back and check out some of the earlier episodes. All right, the fourth lesson, students have been through a lot. This shouldn't be a surprise. I don't think any of this is a surprise in this episode, but they have a lot to say also. So in order to move through this crisis successfully, we need to not just include their voices, we need to act on their recommendations in order to move through the crisis and come out stronger and more effective on the other side again, this is something that's true pre-pandemic. You might, a theme I think running through this is, hey, might be a little bit harder, but none of these things were not true prior to the pandemic, which makes me sad in a way, because if we're just, or if we're just coming to these conclusions now, it means we're really missing the mark prior to the pandemic. And that might've been where a lot of the challenges are stemming from. But especially now, and we have an opportunity to really move through this crisis and decide who we are as an education system on the other side. And student student voice and student participation and student-led decisions are going to be really important in doing that. And finally, the fifth lesson is that many educators, including building principals, feel like their humanity is being overlooked. So I can admit that I have not felt this way directly in the past two years. Shout out to an incredible leader, Bethany Sullivan, who I had as the pandemic was uh had already started, but the school year, last school year and into this school year, she was incredible. And so the stress that a lot of other teachers are talking about, that I didn't feel that. I was also stepping down from the principal role. So I was coming from a role that really created a lot of stress for me into a role that I absolutely loved. That's part of it too. But I have seen people not be treated as, I want to say humans, like not allowed to feel the feelings that the rest of the country and the rest of the world are allowed to feel or encouraged to feel. And when we do that to our teachers and to our school leaders, I mean, it's really not a stretch to say it's gaslighting. When I, I, I heard Miguel Cardona, secretary of education, Miguel Cardona. And, you know, I don't need to call people out specifically, but I will say this specifically because in August prior to starting the school year, I was watching a press conference with him. I believe it might've been in Massachusetts and it was just as masks, uh, masking mandates and all of that were being reported as Omicron came into our world. And somebody, I believe a teacher might have asked, it was the town hall and asked about, I think it was a question about masks. And he seemed to get pretty aggravated and irritated, I should say, and responded something to the effect of, I have, if the kids are okay with it, then you should be okay with it too. I haven't seen any kids last year have a problem with masks. So essentially you're making this up. It's really not an issue. And I remember I sat there in just disbelief, shock, because I really couldn't believe that the Secretary of Education for the United States responded to a teacher in that way. Because, I don't know, I think I was sitting there feeling the same way, right? Like wearing a mask through the entire school day is really hard to do for lots of reasons. Physically, it's uncomfortable. Very, very uncomfortable. (laughs) You're breathing your own breath back in for, you know, eight hours a day. Second, there are no mask breaks, quote unquote, this year. Whereas last year, there were fewer kids in school, we had more of an opportunity to maybe sit in an empty room and take our mask off. There are no rooms that are empty this year. So there are no breaks from masks for teachers or for students. And it's really hard to be as energetic and up and about and doing everything you do as a teacher day in and day out wearing them. It just is. So maybe not everybody feels that way, but a teacher asking that question, they should have been acknowledged and not bypassed. And that teacher certainly should not have been berated for asking or chastised, I should say, by asking that question. Um. So when I saw that, I immediately said to myself, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, the tone towards teachers has changed. And... That worried me. This was, again, back in August before the school year even started. I can read between a lot of lines because I've been in some pretty challenging situations as a school leader uh, when it comes to the politics of it and the the leadership of school leaders. And I kind of knew what that meant. So I'm not surprised at the fact that teachers and, and school leaders have felt that their humanity has been overlooked because it has on a national level. And so it's time to, to bring that back. My heart breaks for my colleagues who are building leaders because a lot of them, especially in the urban districts, are finding it really difficult to be heard um, and to have their own needs met. And, you know, it doesn't have to be this way, plain and simple. It, it just doesn't have to. It, it shouldn't. But it also doesn't have to. It is something that we choose to do to treat people this way. So we can choose to treat them well or choose to treat them in the way that I heard the Secretary of Education treat the teacher who asked him a question. So this is a recurring theme throughout the season, not that not bad leadership, but the fact that good being an effective and positive and good leader is not something to that's a lofty goal to, to attain. It's something anybody can choose to do anytime. And so a lots of episodes in the season focus on that because it is what is needed. For our, te- uh, for our school leaders, our teachers, and our kids. Okay, so where do we go from here? Well, about halfway through season two, I realized that we couldn't remain stuck in the problem identification phase of the crisis. So season three will have an aspirational theme to it. Now, it's really, really important for me to say and for you to hear from me that moving into an aspirational theme does not mean that the problems don't exist anymore or that the challenges in our education system identified in season two have been fixed. They absolutely have not been at all. I wish I had that kind of power to be able to speak something into existence. So I am going to obviously keep working on that. And that's where a lot of my actual like paid work comes into play where I provide direct support two teachers because I can't rely on the system to do it. So I've just created a business and a company where I do it direct for me to teachers. But here on Dissect Ed on the podcast, we hope to remain ahead of the curve and serve as thought leaders throughout the entire, our entire journey as the podcast. So remain thought leaders through our guests and our commentary so that the problems we fixed And every educator can enjoy their job again. Like I said, aspirational, not impossible. There are many educators who are thriving and I want to hear from them about what they're doing to protect their own peace and what mindsets they employ to do so as well. Because I think sometimes even I, in the moment when it's really, really hard, I can get stuck in the challenge identification phase. And the aspirational uh, aspect of things which I might fight against or be aggravated because I don't feel that at the moment we do still need to identify like how can we get through this what's on the other side or how do we get back to loving what we do again so that's what you have to look forward to during season three of Dead premiering in the next two weeks until then stay well and take care